Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. We are outside, and it is episode 42 of For Future Considerations. My name is Matt. Manny and John are coming up in just a second. It's been a beautiful week in Windsor, Essex, uh, Ontario, Canada. I got to go outside and see people, which was phenomenal. Boys, how did you spend your first weekends of freedom? Well, I was with you, so so I had a great time. I don't know about you, John. How was your first weekend of patio season? Uh, I've made plans for about a month from now. I haven't done much yet, but uh, I will get out there. I mowed the lawn. You haven't been out yet? Uh, I mowed the lawn. I've walked the dog. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been disappointing so far. Oh, it's been wet and hot here. I think I've mowed the lawn every three days. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We're doing the show outside. This is fantastic. Drinks in hand. Patio season. We saw one of your brethren at the at the patio wearing a North Macedonia jersey. Yeah. Celebrating Euro. It was fantastic. <laughs> I said, I know you guys. <laughs> Do you know John Rashad? <laughs> Patios were packed, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great to see. First time it was opened, uh, and uh, we got a chance to uh, to go out on Sunday. We got joined by Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training. Sponsor since day number one of the big podcast here. Where for is he? Considerations. He said he was coming. Ah, uh, you know what? Shane's a liar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was going to show up on Sunday. True. True. He was a little bit late, too. He, he was a, a little lot bit, late. He's casually late. He comes walking in a little runway. He's got like a Kurt Russell looking thing going on right now from uh, Christmas Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> and he just styled in, rolled in. He had whiskey. And uh, yeah, he was, didn't have a lemon water. No, no. He even shocked the waitress, Rachel. So. <laughs> Shout out to Rachel, who we're hey, also going to get on the podcast yes, at some yes. point. So we're sitting at the the table. There's a, a group uh, next to us at the table next to us, and uh, Manny leans over and, and says to them, "When the third person in our party shows up, if he orders something other than an alcoholic be- beverage, you guys got to razz him." And they were in right away. He comes and sits down. Rachel, our lovely waitress, comes over, looks at Shane. Oh, I know you. Water, right? (laughs) (laughs) Won the night (laughs) right away. I didn't even have to set up the backhanded job. We had it was already created. We we had the table along with us, and then the waitress comes in and drops the bomb. (laughs) Mic drop right there. Manager, I should say. Rachel's a manager. Yes, she and she took care of us. It was great. Great to see uh, the patios packed. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. The Euro's happening right now, Manny. What do you think of the Euro? Wearing the Portuguese jersey. Ole, 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 ole. Portugal 3-0 in the opener. Woo! An offensive explosion. Yes. Hey, we'll give you all the information about those sports on our social media feeds. All you have to do 
is follow us. That's right. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram at For Future Considerations on Facebook. If you follow those sites, you're going to find out exactly what's happening in the world of sports. Maybe a little Portugal heavy right now. Might be a little <laughs> Portugal heavy, but you're going to every once in a while we're going to drop in a baseball highlight. And then we're going to have another article about uh, Ronaldo hating Coca-Cola. So, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about that. We got it all. I want to talk about that. <laughs> Did you guys see the story that... So, we posted the video on our social media channels where uh, at the Monday news conference, there were two Coke bottles in front of Ronaldo. He gave, he, he gave the shrug, moved the bottles, like, are you kidding me? Holds up a water bottle, and in Portuguese, says water. The story on Tuesday was that Coca-Cola lost $4 billion in valuation because of that move by Ronaldo. $4 billion they lost. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Not only is he the goat on the soccer pitch... He's the goat in the business world. I think he's working for Pepsi the whole time. <laughs> those those commercials about the ice being jealous because they're getting a Coke Zero or a Pepsi or out of a not a Coke Zero. And hey, Ronaldo, here's a here's a quick extra couple. Oh, you know what? If he was holding an Aquafina bottle, I think Pepsi oh makes that. Oh my gosh! So then maybe. Oh, that maybe. would have been. Ah, oh, see, it's all coming together. Maybe. Ah, <laughs> oh, I I was howling when I read that story. <laughs> In addition to soft drink wars, we have lots to talk about on the show today. <laughs> Where are you guys in that? Are you Coke guys, Pepsi guys? Do you care? I know Rashad, you care, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Pepsi guy. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, I don't have one or the other. I don't drink Coke or Pepsi. Okay. So I'm I'm a root beer or a Sprite There's or something. There's no up. alcohol percentage in it, is that why? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, my liver would go, what the heck's going on? Oh, God, this is gross. <laughs> this is terrible. Where's the bite? Why isn't there whiskey in this? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever been out to a restaurant or a pub or anything with Manny and uh, seen him drink anything non-alcoholic. No, not at all. You should see him in this backyard. <laughs> it's 9 a.m., we're out for brunch. And- <laughs> Hey, Tito's. We might need a new bottle of Tito's here soon. Oh, man. So we have several topics to touch on. And before we do that, Matt is the assistant GM of the Lemington Flyers. Uh, You now have dates for the regular season. Whoa, this yeah, is big. Yeah, we had our um, our annual general meeting on the weekend, um, September 24th. Is the set start date for the regular season uh, showcase, which we normally will do at the beginning of the year. It's normally the first two games of the year, and this is where all of the Junior B teams in Ontario will get together, and we will play out of conference for a couple of games, and it's a chance to see, you know, the other teams that are out there and uh, and the skill levels and, and all of that. That's going to be separated. That will probably be happening mid January, uh, and then they're hoping uh, mid March for the playoffs. Wow, that's great. Are you excited about that? Uh, hesitantly excited. I think we've all been disappointed enough over the last couple of years uh, with with dates. Um, I think it's great 
to have the dates out there. Uh, I do hope it's something we can stick to, but just like every other sport and every other level, it's it's certainly not something that's in our hands at this point. So I think you know it's it's good to have the date. It's important to show um, the the kids, uh, recruits, uh, former players that are coming back, players we're trying to bring into the league, things like that. That we are serious. That we do have dates set up. That this is the plan. We do expect to be on the ice on September 24th, and we certainly hope that. Uh, that we're able. And Ontario came out this week with its return to safe sport plan. Yep, for professional teams. For professional teams, but that does include the OHL. Mm-hmm. Is the GOJHL in that? Nope. No, no, we're not. We're still sitting pretty. We're not getting paid or we're not getting any government money. So it's uh, it's not uh, anything that, uh, uh, that we are part of at this point. It is... You know, again, promising that they have that, but I think the key, like in the OHL, like in the CFL, um, just speaking for myself personally, is is going to be: are those doors going to be open or are they closed? And I think that's ultimately where we're going to see what uh, what this this promise and what these seasons really can be for teams, and not just in our league, but but across the province. Yeah, this plan allows games to be played for real in August, starting mm-hmm. in August, but it doesn't mention anything about spectators, right? So that'll be interesting to see. And speaking of hockey, let's start debating the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as the final four is set. The Islanders and the Golden Knights have each drawn first blood. William Carlson crushed a bit by Weber. Riley Smith all the way across for Holden. He scores! Nick Holden makes it 4-1. to one. Guys, who do you like to make it to the Stanley Cup final? You know, I was the only one in our group, and, and I'll ride this one because the rest of my predictions were garbage, but uh, <laughs> I had the Islanders coming out of their conference, and you know what? There is something about the way that Barry Trotz has that team playing, uh, the way they play, the system that they play. They are a very frustrating team to play against. I would not be surprised if the Islanders come out of that conference they got a great head start winning game one against Tampa. Uh, game two was was a battle, an absolute battle. And uh, we saw that on both ends of the ice. Lots of penalties, fights in that one as well, which yeah. you don't normally see in, yeah. in NHL playoff games. So I will take the Islanders in that. Um, and um, and I'm going to take the, um, the Vegas Golden Knights. In, uh, in the other conference. That's okay. You can take the favorite in the Vegas Golden Knights. You guys had Colorado the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did have Colorado. I did have Colorado. So my picks are garbage, too, because I didn't have Montreal as Kings of right. the North. Kings of the North, baby. Woo! I'm still going to ride and die with that. But I'm going to ride and die with the Montreal Canadiens. You know, I, like, I thought the first period Monday night in Game 1 showed that Montreal could play with Vegas. I thought, if not for the goaltending of Fleury, Montreal's up 2-0, and that game is completely different. I think they ran out of gas. It didn't help that they got into penalty trouble, which meant some of their key penalty killers ran out of gas more, um, and they really couldn't get going. But Vegas has home ice. Let them hold serve. Mm -hmm. We still got game two coming up tonight, uh, on Wednesday night. So... Um, they've increased the fan capacity in Montreal mm-hmm. to 3,500. Look no, out. Nothing like the 19,000 in Vegas. That's a good night in Sudbury, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> but the Bayshore would be rocking at 3,500. But Carey Price was outstanding still. It wasn't his mm. fault. I think if the team can play better in front of him, Montreal still has a shot. Now for the Islanders series, 
Um, I wonder how seriously hurt Varlamov is mm-hmm. after getting run over by points. Like, I know Sorokin played well in the first round against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, can he pull it off against Tampa, the defending champs? I don't know. I think what we did see with Vegas and Colorado, Colorado won the first two games, mm-hmm. and then Vegas won the next four. So winning the first two games doesn't mean much. Like, you need to the first team to get to four. So, um, I'm still going to go Montreal-Tampa Bay here. Rashad, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to stick with Tampa because I picked them initially. And then... You're the only guy with the team. Last man standing. Yeah. And uh, sorry, Mandy, I'm going to go with Vegas. Screw you. (laughs) They just look like they're on a roll now. They they do. Listen, they really do. And I think... I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, I think momentum has just... Once things get rolling for you in the playoffs, I think momentum can take you a long way, and I really think they look good right now. Hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you. Like Vegas tied Colorado for the most points in the regular season. I just think Montreal's got some magic still with them. I hope the magic hasn't run out. I feel the magic hasn't run out yet. And uh, before the Final Four began, there was a lot of talk about Montreal being no match for Vegas. And people were pointing to Montreal winning the division as proof that the North Division was weak. What do you guys think about that? I don't think the North Division was weak. I think um, you had two of the best players in the entire league in the division, and McDavid and Matthews, let alone the other teams, were no cakewalks. It was tough. I don't think the North Division was weak. No, I think that's that's unfair to say. I, I don't think that's really reflective of, you know, truthfully Montreal's problem. I mean, I you know they, when they came into the playoffs, they had to beat the division winners, and then they beat the second place team or the third place team in in the division. I mean, you know, it, that doesn't matter that they are weaker numbers or whatever it is. I mean, when you look at that division and the way that that the division was stacked up, I mean, Montreal, Winnipeg. Edmonton, Toronto, all over 500 teams. There wasn't necessarily, you know, Vancouver didn't have a very good year. Ottawa didn't have a very good year. So you get to beat up on them a little bit. But I think the Canadian thing comes into that. I think that plays a big part too, that, you know, no matter what regular season Calgary's playing Montreal, that's going to be, that's going to be a battle. You know, you look at some of the other divisions, the, the East division had New Jersey and Buffalo terrible division. You Beat know. up on Buffalo constantly. Absolutely. The Central Division, Columbus wasn't very good. Detroit wasn't very good. You know, the, the other teams in there were, were, you know, Dallas was a 500 team, didn't meet the playoffs. Uh, you know, the the Western Conference, again, four teams, or the West Division, four teams that didn't make the playoffs uh, did not have a 500 record. Arizona, LA, San Jose, Anaheim. I don't think that's a, a fair thing to say that 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 division was weak. I expected a lot more from that division in the playoffs, but does that mean that that division's weak? I, I give more credit to Montreal for having beat those two teams. I, I don't like the argument at all. And Vegas eliminated the Colorado Avalanche in six games, and Nathan McKinnon had a great quote when the season ended. I mean, there's always next year. It's all we talk about, I feel like. I mean, I'm going in my ninth year next year, and I haven't won shit. That's some salty language right there. Do you think McKinnon looks to leave Colorado when his contract expires? I think he's crazy if he tries to. I think I think that would be a horrible decision. I think Colorado has 
pretty much anything or any everything you need to be a Stanley Cup contender. I think Jared Bednar's did a great job with them as a head coach. Joe Sackick as an executive. You've got a young core that's around for a little bit. The The window is starting to, to close with some of these guys where some of these guys are going to have to get paid. Um, you know, Grubauer is an unrestricted free agent this year, so obviously you're going to have to pay him if, if that's the route that you're going to go. But I think you're crazy to, to consider leaving at this point. Yeah, he signed in 2022-2023 on a team-friendly $6.3 million deal. But I think that's pretty wise because that's two more years and Colorado's window is now. Yeah. Like, I don't think he needs to leave. If they don't win by the time that contract expires, I think he considers it. Sure. But I think the window is now and Colorado needs to do... Everything it can. Joe Sackick needs to do everything it can to make sure that they are a Stanley Cup contender, not only for this upcoming season, but the following season with McKinnon still signed to that team-friendly deal. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week. Brought to you by Shane Topolovic, the Shaniac of Next Level <laughs> Where Athletics. Where is he? <laughs> How many times did we say that yeah. on Sunday? Oh, and then the his plans I... fell through and he showed up on here for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was the first time too because we all had to stay in one seat that he wasn't wandering around and ran into 14 people that he knew playing soccer and, and this and that. I tell you, this guy just runs, knows everybody. runs this town. Also specializing in sport training and nutrition with Next Level Athletics in Windsor. Check him out. Great guy. Not much of a liver, but <laughs> he, he chooses to be that way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and for the third week in a row, you picked a play from baseball as your play of the week. Reddish clubs this to left field. Fraley leaps in. Fraley made the catch. Are you serious? Shed gets two. Jake Fraley makes a game-saving catch for Seattle against your Detroit Tigers in the ninth inning and had the presence of mind to throw to first to get the double play. The Mariners end up winning the game in extra innings, too. That was a hell of a play. What a loser. <laughs> he ended up... Uh, that was a I hell of a play. He ended up getting the hit, didn't he? The, the, in the extra innings? scored the run, yeah. too. Yeah, never heard of him. But... It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, a hell of a play. Nice, nice win. Yeah, great play. A couple of good baseball plays in there. I can't believe more people didn't vote for the mom. Oh, I, that's who I voted that's for. That's who I voted for. Yeah. Oh, you people are idiots. <laughs> we might have been the only three to vote for her. I think so. She I made a great catch. Jake Farley probably kid. doesn't have anything else to do. It's probably his uncle that's voting for it. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, would, would you vote in this Play of the there's, Week poll? There's a podcast that's happening in Windsor, Ontario. It's ranked 67th on uh, <laughs> Apple. They got me in the Play of the Week. Throw, throw a quick vote on. <laughs> It'll uh, put my next contract negotiation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one uh, play of the week, uh, week of uh, June. <laughs> uh, did uh, you see the way she was swinging that baby around? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, she caught the ball. I thought she was going to get spit up on. I thought that was the next highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the kid just letting one go? I'd have taken uh, better odds on that kid throwing up on her than the Tiger pitcher <laughs> throwing up on the mound. His <laughs> 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 first appearance. <laughs> Then getting yanked, uh, then getting DFA'd or sent uh, down or whatever happened to poor Bo. 
That was that was a great play. That was my play of the week. It, I thought Talkman's catch was better than yeah, the Farley. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. Talkman's been on here a couple times. Did he win the last one? Yes, he won the last. Big one. fan of the show, Talkman. Yeah, biz, big fan. Loves it. So look for our poll next Monday. Social media will have the poll. Just go to Podcast FFC on Twitter or Instagram. Scroll past the top plays a week, and then remember to vote for our poll question. And let's stick with baseball, as MLB announced on Tuesday that uh, officially that it's going to hand out 10-game suspensions to pitchers caught using foreign substances. What do you guys think? Matt? Well, John, (laughs) number one, I'll, I'll ease myself into this. Is I, I'm having a nice night. We're sitting outside. It's beautiful. I was, I was in a good mood. Birds are singing. Birds are singing. I can hear the lawnmower in the background, a little ACDC playing in the, the neighbor's yard. First off, how are we checking this? How, what, are the, what are the rules around checking this? Uh, if, if I'm the Tigers and we're playing the Seattle Mariners and I'm the Tigers and I think the pitcher from Seattle has some juice somewhere, Am I asking the umpire to do this? Is it up to the umpire's discretion? What if they find something? What There's way too many things that do not have any answers to this at all. But the thing that really irritates me is that this is a 10-game suspension for pitchers. If it is a relief pitcher, I'm, I'm still not on board with 10 games. If it is a starter, you have basically told Garrett Cole that he gets to miss his next two starts. He's perfectly healthy. He gets to rest, and he gets to work out in the the bullpen, work on whatever else he needs to do, and and basically take it easy. Major League Baseball suspensions for pitchers should be appearances and not games. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You cannot do that in the bullpen because you cannot determine when you would be using a guy. and you, can, oh, you can't use him. This is the sixth appearance. You would use him. He's your closer. It's the ninth inning. You would. You're up by one. So you can't judge that. I I get that. But starters or somebody that plays like we know every fourth day, every fifth day, it's ten appearances. It's not ten games. Totally agree. Like that is that might have been the worst thing I heard. Mm-hmm. Like I agree with the crackdown. I think they need to crack down. Strikeouts are at a record level. The batting average is like at a, a, a low, like the lowest point in 50 years, mm-hmm. like the batting average, like something's got to be done. And I think just the talk of this has already had an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, spin rate is down on some of the balls. Some pitchers are getting rocked. I got Trevor Bauer in the pool. He hasn't performed <laughs> well. Timing. He hasn't Bad performed timing. well over his last two starts. Garrett Cole can't talk, and his numbers are... He had one bad outing, one good outing, but mm-hmm. his spin rate is down. So I think it's already having an effect, but I agree. Like, if you're suspending a pitcher for 10 games, that's two starts. Yeah. Like, what penalty is that? That is that is not enough. And yes, we're thinking of the Garrett Coles, of the Trevor Bowers, of, you know, depending on the reports and screenshots that you've seen, the Justin Verlanders and Max Scherzers of the world. Sure, we're thinking of the upper echelon guys. I'm not talking about the third starter. But the third starter should not be able to just miss two games. I think, and and whether it's a, a team suspension or, or how you do it or, or not, I, I do agree with the idea that you can't replace that player on the roster, that the team has to be a little shorthanded for the next They get bit. penalized as well. But you can't 
suspend a guy for 10 games that is actually just two games and in the way that starting pitchers operate six innings like you're basically suspending Garrett Cole for 14 innings right because of the way teams use their bullpens not 90 innings he's still yeah. getting paid yeah you're telling me that Garrett Cole in October in a must-win game is not going to find a... He's probably going to spend those 10 days finding a better way of doing this so that he can use it again and not get caught. So the the one thing that you said that I'm interested to see is how they do it. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about it before in the podcast, John. Like, baseball umpires are going to do random inspections, mm-hmm. they say. What happens to the balls that go out of play or that are tossed aside? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do they inspect those? Will they inspect those? That's will will there be like a fifth umpire or a major league baseball executive mm-hmm. that will collect those balls and go, hey, this looks funny, and then go to the pitching mound? It's a great question. Is that something that's happening live in game when the ball gets thrown back or or whatever it is? And and again, if you're going to appeal this as another team. If, if you're the Tigers, you're playing the Mariners, you think the Mariners pitcher has got something. If you're going to go out there and have them inspected and have the umpire play patty cake and, and check them out and see where it is and where it's not, again, it's delaying the game. If they don't have anything, there should be some sort of penalty for that. If, if they do, obviously it should be immediate ejection. And to me, it's, you know, the, the suspension of that turns into any number of different ways you can go. Now, a lot of teams will take the time to, when the pitcher leaves for injury, will go and give the relief pitcher warm-ups and as much time as they want to get into the game. You don't get that this time. You know, there, there's little ways that you can make this hurt a little bit more because really you should be penalizing the team as much as the player in these kind of circumstances. The one thing that we talked about last week is um, is whether we think there's actually going to be suspensions. Four minor leaguers have already been suspended. Mm. Do we think there will be suspensions in Major League Baseball? I said yes. You guys said no. Are you changing your answer? The only way I see it is if they decide to make an example of one person who's kind of a fringe player. Other than that, I say no. I'm starting to change my mind. Oh, here we go. But I want to see again how this is going to be executed in a game. Like when you catch a guy red-handed in a game, you obviously have no choice. So to me, that's going to come out of the how many times we're inspecting, how they're inspecting, and all of that. Did you see Tyler Glass now on Tuesday night ripped into the MLB? He blamed his injury. He's now on the 10-day DL. Yep. He blamed his injury on the fact that he can't use sticky substances anymore and he had to change everything he's been doing. I don't feel any pity for him. No. No. Because it's cheating. It's the word illegal is used before you say foreign substances. It's not legal, mm-hmm. it's illegal. The one thing that I am intrigued by this story, and I, I am following this story quite a bit, with steroids and, and with Barry Bonds and McGuire and Sosa and all that, there's no metric you can really use to see what that steroid was doing, whether it was improving their health, uh, you know, speeding up recovery, things like that. 
how many home runs is steroids accredited to of Barry Bonds? I don't think you'll ever know that. The way analytics works now, and the way that the ball spins, and the way that we've seen those numbers change over the last couple of years, and we've seen in Garrett Cole, and we've seen in a couple of guys already in the last little bit, there's something there. There There's is definitely a number that you can now say these substances are able to do this. And if this is changing the spin rate or doctoring the way that the ball is released out of your hand, that is that is illegal. And that's a, a pretty clear cut uh, way to look at it as opposed to, you know, Barry Bonds had 73 home runs. How many does steroids really accredit it to? Who knows? Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, where I want your quick responses to these questions. The first one has to do with baseball. Vladdy Jr. is crushing the ball for the Blue Jays. Who would you rather have right now, Vlad Jr. or Tatis? Fernando Tatis Jr. I still take him because he is hammering the ball just as well. Maybe he doesn't have as many home runs as Vlad, but he also plays a premier position in shortstop. Tatis is also fun to say too, right? Fernando Tatis Jr. He's the better junior. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is better than Fernando Tatis was. I'm not really sure that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best Vladimir Guerrero that's ever played in baseball. But... I mean, he's he's been on fire. He's leading Major League Baseball and American League in, in every category that uh, that you track at this point. Uh, I, I have to side with Manny as far as the position. Um, I think Tatis at shortstop is much more valuable than Vlad uh, will be at first base or DH as his career moves along. Um, I think there's, there's added value there. If I'm building a team right now, I would want Tatis. If I'm a minute away from, from winning and I can trade for one of these guys, I might put Vlad in there if it's a smaller window, but I think long run, I want Tatis. So in five years time, same answer? Still Tatis. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now a rundown of the NHL awards. Who's your MVP, McDavid, Matthews, or McKinnon? Oh, McDavid. Like, I don't even think it's close, guys. I know we talked about this before midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, McDavid finished with over 100 points in 56 games. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. He's, oh, yeah, he's was, my MVP. He had a great year. I think Austin Matthews is going to be the MVP Come this year. On. Austin Matthews' team, whether you know, again, how are you going to evaluate the the MVP? Is it the MVP of the league? Is it what this player, what this team would be like without this player? Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leafs win the division. He's forty-one goals, wins the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's a plus twenty-one, impressive numbers against Edmonton. He had six, uh, five goals in six games. McDavid, the biggest number to me that I was looking at here, goals are to me more valuable than assists. Connor McDavid had a fair amount of A2s. I'm not giving Connor McDavid any knock here. I'm just saying that I think Austin Matthews is is more valuable to his team. And the number that I look at specifically uh, to say that, Austin Matthews scored 24% of his goals this year on the power play. Connor McDavid got 43% of his points on the power play. It's a very different game when you've got power plays and you've got dry sidle that you can throw the, the puck to in a short space, in a small space. I think Connor McDavid was outstanding. I think Austin Matthews is more valuable. You just made my point, though. 
Like McDavid had, he had more points. Seventy-two assists. He made his team better. He got assists to get, help his players score goals. Some he, of them were tapping. He had more points. That's assists. It's a, he it's made a his go-to. He made other guys on his team better. I, I value goals over assists. I fall between you guys. I think McDavid should win, and I think Matthews will win. What you think Matthews will win? Yeah, but I think. But I think McDavid should win. Put your money where your mouth is. You're the betting guy on this show. You've been winning every bet. Put your money where your mouth is. Actually, I've been losing a bit. I'm down to 10 bucks. Oh, there you go. Now he's going crazy. Put no, your I, last 10 on this. And I will say the, the complete opposite of, of uh, Rashad. I think Matthew should win. I don't think the MVP vote's going to even be close because somebody would be scared of voting against Connor or McDavid. And who's your Norris Trophy winner as best defenseman? Hedman, Fox, or Makar? This one's not even close for me either. This is Adam Fox, the New no, York it's Rangers. Not. It's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. Oh my, my argument: God. Adam Fox, second in the NHL in points. If you want to go that way with sure. defensemen, plus nineteen on a team that did not make the playoffs. Plus nineteen. Victor Hedman was plus five on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are yeah. still playing. Keep going. Plays about 25 minutes a game. 102 blocked shots. The The kid is 22 years old. He does everything on that team. He's an outstanding player. I think he's the best defenseman in the league this year. Wow. The Norris, the Norris goes to the best defensive defenseman. Does it? Does <laughs> best, it really? The best all-around defenseman. Okay. 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 The best all-around defenseman, mm-hmm. right? So, Hadman, league leader in points, and... Not this year. Yeah, he was. Among the league leaders, Oh, I say. among. Well, among, so was... Uh, <laughs> um, among the league leaders yeah. in points. Tyson Berry was the, uh, the league leader in points this year, wasn't he? Shouldn't he be in the consideration? No, <laughs> not at all. But Fox's team never made the playoffs. It's not his fault. How are you as and a he's defenseman? He's on the team. If you're a defenseman in the NHL, defensive metrics should be the only thing that matter. 102 block shots was top 15 in the league. And a plus 19 on a team that does not make the playoffs shows but, that it when you're on the ice no one is scoring okay but i got that hadman finished 7th in the entire nhl in ice time 7th sure of all forwards and defensemen so of course he's going to be on the ice a little bit more when other people score but they still won more games than not and they still made the playoffs and oh yeah they're still battling in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I to me and you're you're making your argument based on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've got because uh, that's what he plays for. They've got a the nominee for a Vesna Trophy. I can't tell you a New York Ranger goaltender is Mike Richter still on that team? <laughs> I don't know anybody that is on the New York Rangers that is a goaltender. I know they played three or four of them. But you're telling me that a guy who can put up numbers like this on a team that does not make the playoffs is not the best defenseman in hockey. That you're able to produce when no one else around you is producing. That's That, to me, makes it work. You honestly think they're going to give the award to someone who didn't make the playoffs? 
No, I don't see I, it. I I don't think they have a chance at all. I, I like I don't think Matthews has a chance to be MVP. I don't think Fox has a chance to be the the best defenseman. I wouldn't I wouldn't even think twice of putting money on him. But I don't think I think it's an easy check mark. I think the league is trying to establish their their more attractive players and the more recognizable names. I don't think people that vote for these awards do any digging and looking into the numbers and really looking at sure putting some do. value in these. No, they don't. They do putting some value in these things. I think they need McDavid to win MVP. I think they need Hedman to be the, so that they can put him on posters and, and everybody can celebrate. We're going to make for future Adam consideration means- trophies <laughs> and give them to Matthews and Fox because that's the only thing they're going to win. That's fine. That, who, that- you, who you got, John? Who's winning the Norris? <laughs> oh, Hedman. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'll tell you that too. But he's not. What else? <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire just got a little less rapid for that question. <laughs> just wait till the next one. <laughs> All right. Coach of the year. <laughs> Everson, Brindamore, Quenville, or Travis Green? <laughs> a Travis Green. You know who should win the award that's not? Travis M. Evergreen. This they had might a heck actually... of a February or March or whatever that one month was. <laughs> that week that you guys played the Senators, you were on fire. <laughs> Didn't you beat them like seven to one this year? Oh man, that's great. Actually, this might be a legit debate. This like, is a good one. All yeah, three is. deserve this award, I think. Carolina finished first in their division. Mm-hmm. Florida didn't make the playoffs last year, and Quenville took them to the playoffs. Um, and then Everson, Minnesota, nobody saw this coming. Minnesota finished with its highest winning percentage. Ever. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. So I'm giving it to Everson. And I'm going to go with Joel Quinville because I don't think the Florida Panthers <laughs> had a lot of expectation going into the year. I think they played really well uh, throughout the stretch. And I was the first one to say it in earlier podcasts. When Aaron Eckblad went down, I thought that was their the last... Uh, the last nail in the coffin and they played pretty well they tightened up even there was a, a segment of time in uh, just before the playoffs that they were giving up less goals since he left than when he was there now Ekblad's a more mobile defenseman he's not necessarily a lockdown type but I give Joel Quenville and, and his staff all the credit in the world for for staying relevant and, and getting into that spot that might be your best argument yet out of the all three of the awards. Well, I don't think... Because I buy that one. Yeah. I buy that one. <laughs> Everson, though, they finished with their best winning percentage ever, and they played Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis half their schedule mm-hmm. in the toughest division. It's a tough division, for sure. And, you know, the... the Florida Panthers have Carolina, who end up with uh, with one of the better teams in the uh, in the league, uh, and Tampa Bay, who's still playing, who has the second best defenseman in hockey. So it just shows that uh, that it's a real tough award to uh, to win this year. Who you got, John? I have Everson because um, I was flipping around and I normally go out of my way to avoid Minnesota games like the plague, and I actually found myself watching a couple this year. I'm like, this team uh, looks really good. The the only thing that if I'm if I'm gonna knock Everson is the Minnesota Wild. No, they are not good. No, they are not relevant. But the Minnesota Wild in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, nine years has made the playoffs eight times. He made a better uh, a a team that was all right better for sure. But 
when you look at the other teams that were involved, uh, Florida Panthers were on a healthy stretch of not being very good at all. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, the CFL is hey, oh, thank you, John. Man, thank you, John. John. Thank you. He I'm not saying I agree a, with it. It's a good point. Yeah, though. He finally comes along. <laughs> hey, let's uh, while we're uh, while we're hot under the collar here, let's talk about this. I wanted to bring this up, and and with Manny here, uh, we can ignore him for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Rashad, what? Are, where are you on this whole? We should be cheering for Montreal because they're a Canadian team, and we're Canadian. I know you uh, hate Canada because you don't like the, tragic, <laughs> the tragically hip. But where where are you with Canada's this? Canada's banned. Wow, you know what? I just realized I'm a total hypocrite on this because <laughs> we. I don't think we have to like the hip because they're Canadian, but I do think we should cheer for Montreal because they are. Wow. Wow. You are a hypocrite. Wow. You just yeah. blew my mind, Matt. How about yeah. that? So are you cheering for Montreal? No. Because you're Canadian? No, I don't feel that whatsoever. And and to it's a because you live in a border city. To even yeah, you're probably, almost American, Matt. You're close to American. To an and absolutely. And then to an even bigger picture, and this is a hard one to say, when it comes to I'm not a huge Olympics guy. I've never been a big Olympics guy. I think the biggest thing for me, and that kind of ties into uh the the um the point I'm gonna make here, is I just I don't know enough about these athletes or who they are or where they came from except for like the 45 minute specials that they're going to show or 45 second specials they'll show before their actual race i can't get on board for cheering for john doe just because he's canadian like what if he sucks what if he's not a good dude like i don't know who these people are just because he's wearing the the canada flag on his on his uniform should i be cheering for him i don't i, I don't know him i don't i don't buy into that so I'll say that. I, I agree with that. However, when we do know the athlete, mm-hmm. don't you get jacked up? Like, I was right into Donovan Bailey at the Olympics oh, beating sure. Michael Johnson. Yep. Right? When you know the guy, don't you show your country's pride for that? Like, I don't know about you, John, but back at those Olympics, were you not rooting for Bailey to just dominate Michael Johnson? Oh, I remember I was actually at a house party and every single person in the entire house, about 40 people all crammed into the living room and stood around that TV and were just so amped. It was one mm-hmm. of those moments. It was like a typical Canadian moment. Everybody huddled around the TV with national pride. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and so, we had a great moment in LaSalle with Kylie Moss right, right. At, at, uh, at another establishment, and it was, again, packed to the brim. Every TV was on her race. I don't think she was expected to do much and ended up winning a, a bronze, bronze medal. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, people were on, on tables and, and throwing beer in the in the air and and i had to say manny can you get down please we'd like to come back here Uh, it's a a nice place but yeah absolutely you you do get that excitement because they are canadian but out of the gate when you're going through and you're watching these events and and here comes john doe from canada i i don't sense that all right buddy come on oh he's He's eighth going into the... Oh, that that's... This is exciting. But you know the Montreal Canadiens, so you should be cheering for I them. know Mick, Nick Suzuki very well. Cole Caulfield stayed at my place for, for a month <laughs> before he went to Wisconsin. 
<laughs> I mean, Jeff Jeff Petrie, Dan Petrie's kid or right. nephew or what is he? Is he it is a kid? This kid. Great, great guy, Dan Petrie. <laughs> Tiger broadcaster now, Tiger great pitcher. No, they they're I I'm I'm certainly cheering for them. I I've I've got them uh on a bet extending the series a little bit, but no, I don't feel like I have to cheer for them out of everybody else. I guess that's a good point when you think about it. We're not tuning into the world uh track and field championships on sports weekend to watch them three months before the Olympics, but then the Olympics happen and we're all in. Yeah. And maybe yeah. we should, maybe we, you know, maybe that's uh, the fault of the, um, the Canadian Olympic committee or the, the networks that show these, these uh, qualifying tournaments. I, I, I don't know where to blame, but really like in, in July at these Olympics, we are going to be introduced to, a lot of people who are Canadian that have been training their whole lives for this moment. And I don't know who any of them are. And I think there's, there's a problem with that. And speaking of Matt, not knowing who any of them are, the CFL has announced their regular season will begin. <laughs> I know, I, I know a lot of CFL guys. Dave, the Edmonton Elks. Dave Dickinson. He stayed at my house. Is he for, still playing? Yeah, I, I think he did. He's a coach and, now, isn't he? You know what? It's funny, and it's funny you mentioned that. Earlier today, I had to, uh, just before we, we started uh, recording the show, I had to run and do a couple of errands. I ran into Anthony Calvillo at the Shoppers Drug Mart. I, I even gave him a tip. He was so quick on the register. I, I moved that line along perfectly. He helped me out with the, with the self-checkout thing. I know a lot of CFL players, Rashad. I know the... I, I sound like uh, oh, I sound like our boy down south. I know a lot of CFL players. I know the best ones. They all know me. <laughs> okay, Donald. <laughs> okay, this is awkward. I looked up what happened to Dave Dickinson. It says Dave Dickinson left the BBC in 2005. So that's not even the right that's Dave Dickinson. Not, he doesn't is, even come up. Google doesn't even know. Oh, uh, you can't like Mike Pringle. Mike Pringle, I barbecued at that guy's place. I love Mike Pringle. Come on, Pinball Clemens. Oh, no, Pinball. They're they're great guys. Now, oh, can Milt, you name a current Milt player? Stiegel? Milt Can you name a current player? I taught M- M- Milk Stiegel how to drive a car. <laughs> great how about guy. naming a current player? Is uh, oh, who's the one guy? Who's the Joe, John, Jimmy? What's that one quarterback? What's his name, uh, Rashad? That has the two names. Joe, John, Jimmy. He tried to go into the CFL. He was an MVP for a little bit. Oh no, that's hilarious. he played for the Calgary Flame. Uh, Calgary Flames. He played for the Calgary, Calgary Stampeders, Stampeders, and he signed with an NFL team. Uh, I'm gonna work uh, through this one. You guys, you guys talk. I'm gonna work or, through this. What was one. the question about the CFL, John? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready to watch some football? When Bo the Levi Mitchell. Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell. Is he still playing? <laughs> you had to look him up. Yeah. Hey, I think it's great that the CFL is going to be playing. I, I honestly do. But I, I wonder, are they going to be able to get fans in the stands? Like maybe in some provinces they will, but in Ontario, I don't know. And they're very much a gate-driven league. I know right? TSN gives them a pretty good TV contract for a Canadian uh, league, but uh, they really need fans in the stands. So I'm sure some of the Western provinces will, but Ontario hasn't even announced a plan for spectators. And you got Ottawa, Toronto, and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. In the CFL, and how are they going to operate with no fans? What about a guy that played for all three of those franchises, Damon Allen? 
He's great not playing. Guy. What a great guy. <laughs> like, all you had to do was remember Tony Ambrosio's story about that on episode 38 of For Future Considerations. Name a current guy. I'm impressed that Manny remembers the episode number. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. If it is 38, I'm, I'm dropping the mic. Oh, it's not 38. Uh, uh, look, I will watch anything that Joe Monfort is playing. And one of the best defensive ends in, in, in the CFL, Hamilton, Toronto, and just a, a legend. Great guy. <laughs> Episode 37, I was oh. one off. I was one off. Oh, yeah, the interview podcasts are always odd-numbered, so yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, now that we've gone totally off the rails, after watching the intro to Game 1 between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens on Monday night, which oh, was, that was unreal. Great. That was great. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, nobody puts on a show like yeah. Vegas does. Yeah. It, it really is unbelievable. I, I, I know a couple of people that have been to Vegas games, actually uh, know somebody that was at the very first one that had done after the tributes from the shootings and, and all of that. And and this guy would be in his mid-50s, um, huge sports fan, big hockey fan, and he said it was the best live sporting event he had ever seen. That he did not have a tie to Vegas at all. He said, like, I legit got goosebumps. I cried. I, I was jumping out of my seat. They scored real early in that game. And he says, that place was about to explode. Are we talking about the same guy? Because I know a guy who said the exact same thing. Is no. this Whitey? No. Okay. No. So another guy who was there said the exact same thing. Crazy, eh? In fact, he's a Leafs fan. But he's now cheering for Vegas because, of course, they're playing Montreal. Yep, yep. But... He just loved the experience at Vegas. Anyway, what's your question, John? I was going to say, which uh, sporting experience do you def- def- desperately want to attend that you haven't been to that you think would be amazing? I bet you, man, he's going to say World Cup, right? Yeah, watching the Euro right now, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to go to a Euro game. Yeah. Like, that just looks incredible, the way the fans are. And everyone, like, it got a bad rap a few years ago with hooligans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this year especially, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, everyone seems very jovial and excited to actually be attending these games. Like, it seems like a great atmosphere to be there to watch Euro or World Cup or whatever. I'd love to go back in time and see Ben Cahoon play or Terry Vaughn, all-time leader in reception. Talk about blowing up the building. Those two guys... No, I mean, for, for me, the coolest sporting event, uh, live event uh, that that I've seen, that I've been lucky to, to be a part of, um, was going to Michigan Wolverines football games. That's just a different level. That's 103,000 yeah. people. Love it. And about 75 of them are cheering for the other school. Like, it's it's wild in there. Yeah. You know, I, I I do love the playoff baseball atmosphere. Um, I, I dis, I'm disappointed by the ups and downs just in between innings and, and things like that. Um, but to me, uh, of the games that I've been to and, and some of the things that I've seen, one of the wildest games that I saw, funny enough, was, and this would have been the year that the Pistons won um, in their NBA championship with Rip and Ben and, yeah, and all yeah. of those guys. Um, they w- played the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. The intro that they do there with, with Mason is top-notch unbelievable. And... Allen Iverson had the ball. Philly was up by two, and uh, he had free throws and missed both of them. Pistons went down, scored to tie it. 
won the game in overtime. That was one of the loudest buildings I've I've ever been at at the time at the Palace of Auburn Hills. And then Joe Louis Arena in a playoff game is is next level for me. Where where haven't you been that you want to go to? Ooh, man. You, you know what's very fast at the top of the list is Vegas. I, I'd love to see a game there. I'd love to see that kind of atmosphere. Um, you know, a Stanley Cup game anywhere. Um, I'd love to see a, a football game in the South and just see what that's like, you know. Uh, and uh, and hopefully this year we get a chance to see the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the uh, Toronto Argonauts <laughs> do battle with uh, Himha Johnson or whatever uh, the... the <laughs> Hamilton quarterback Him, is. Himma and- Johnson. Himma Johnson. He probably know. does play in the season. What about what about you, Rashad? What uh, what what arenas? What what moments that you've seen um, um, stand out for you? He actually, um, a friend of mine who had season tickets to the Leafs, I ended up getting uh, one of his tickets, well, two, a pair of his tickets for uh, Matt Sundin, and we didn't know it was going to be at the time, but Matt Sundin's return to Toronto in a Vancouver Canucks uniform when he briefly played with the Canucks at the very end of his career. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, they did a little tribute to him during the first TV timeout, and uh, he got a little teary, and the whole building erupted and got a standing ovation. And I have to say, that was, a, that was a pretty cool moment, actually, to see somebody that big return back to Toronto. He was playing for my team, but uh, that was a good one for Goosebumps, for sure. Yeah, I've been extremely fortunate as a baseball fan, and I'd actually really love to know what the percentage is that that I've been fortunate enough to to be in the small group of that I I saw Justin Verlander's first no hitter in Detroit against the Milwaukee Brewers because I wanted to see Prince Fielder and that was his first game uh, coming into Detroit uh, and I've That's also great. and I also saw Mark Burley's perfect game in Chicago so to have seen a no hitter and a perfect game <laughs> in uh, in one sitting is uh, is pretty rare so those are unbelievable moments I wouldn't say the atmosphere it builds itself up to that of course and in, in those kind of games but uh, you know coming into you know, the seventh inning onward but uh, atmosphere wise uh, right out of the get go uh, Vegas is just blowing me away oh you know another one that i just thought of that was pretty good too remember when we watched uh, jason bay and his debut for uh, the red sox yeah that was very cool at fenway park um you uh, we were walking down the street uh, towards the stadium and everybody had jason bay jerseys for sale in the in the window and you know i, I think uh, i think you had even made the comment of uh, you know he hasn't even <laughs> he hasn't even played a game yet and there's people in there buying the 120 dollar jerseys and uh, and he uh, he made a nice sliding catch in left field, and and that was about it for Jason. Yeah, Bay how, did, how did that turn out in Boston? <laughs> he was uh, he was the MVP that night, though, so that yeah. was good. <laughs> we may have seen his best game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are you guys watching Euro right now? Nobody has scored more goals in the competition than Ronaldo, and nobody has scored more goals in the finals than Cristiano Ronaldo. Another record for Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, you know I am. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys jumped on yet? No, I haven't seen a lick of it. I mean, the timing is thrown off for me. Noon starts and three o'clock starts. Um, even on the weekends, uh, I've got the I've got monsters running around that are much more entertaining than a soccer game. Come so on. So I've got to uh, I, I got to keep an eye on this. So no, I I haven't watched it. I've I've seen some of the scores. I did win a parlay bet uh, earlier in the tournament, so I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but no. See, you're winning money. It's great. Yeah, and then I was going to go the next game, and I would have lost all three, or the last, the but next you day. Did but you did I did not. See, I you're did a not. smart cookie. Yes, yes. 
Hey, Manny, are they still doing the Vuvuzelas or whatever those uh, things are? Vuvuzelas? The Vuvuzelas? Yeah. Uh, there, I haven't seen a lot, to be quite honest with you, but I'm sure they do have some. Uh, the tournament got off to a scary start after Christian Eriksson of Denmark collapsed in the middle of the match um, on day two against Finland. Um, how did they continue that match the same day? That bothers me a lot. Like, uh, so there was a little bit of uh, confusion there. UEFA said originally that both teams agreed to resume the match that same day, like an hour later. But it came out later that Denmark said, we were only given two choices, either resume now or play in the morning tomorrow. And they basically picked the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Which <clears throat> I think is tough, terrible. That's a tough choice. You, to have your to teammate make. just collapsed. You don't know what's going on with him because he's been rushed to hospital. If you were on the field, you knew that he was legally dead and they used a defibrillator to bring him back. Like, how do you expect them to play? Like, they should have postponed it at least three days, mm. if not more. The way they were rushing around at first, he looked like he was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and apparently he was. Like they, The doctor said that he used the defibrillator to bring him back. That tells me that to bring him it back. He's not ticking at that yeah. time. Yep. That, that bothers me a lot that UEFA said, Yo, you guys can still play today. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to play today or tomorrow? Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's going to work well for you? Come on. And that's our show. Remember to email us with your feedback and show ideas, even your own hot takes at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, you can follow us on social media as well. For Future Considerations on Facebook, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. Just let the boys know that it's cute that McDavid's going to win the MVP. Of course, they want Hedman to win the Norris <laughs> Trophy, but let's let's be real here. Let's all share a moment and realize that the actual winners uh, were the ones that I selected. And Dean Evanson too, because John John and I picked the winners that's for right, all three, and Dean right? Evanson, yeah, We were agreed yeah. on all three. Absolutely. Come on. Whatever. It's like Manny and I met in advance and uh, decided this. <laughs> we should have. Uh, normally. That's, that's our plan for the next episode. Yeah. Let's gang up on Matt. <laughs> we agree on everything. <laughs> I, just, I just pick any questions. Yes, mustard is the best condiment for a hot dog at a ballpark. Are you out of your mind? Actually, I would say mustard. So, gotcha. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed our previous shows you can go back and listen to interviews with people like rocky thompson uh, tony ambrosio luke boca andrew parrot jared maidens dave gross and many more we've had a lot of really good interviews on this show they've been great and we want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to bring you for future considerations london awnings quality that shows and shane topolovic of next level athletics and windsor specializing in sports training nutrition and napping in the middle of a day on a sunday and showing up a little bit tired at 6 30 where is he oh yeah where did <laughs> he, he never showed up yeah. there he is shane the show's over <laughs> you gotta make an entrance right <laughs> That's unbelievable. (laughs) And we're not quite done for the week. We will release our second show of the week called The OT on Friday with a special guest. That is right. Mike Kaycock. 
a popular broadcaster and sports fan from the Windsor area on AM 800. He will join us for our second episode of the week. So stay tuned for that. Excited to talk to broadcaster. I know we've, we finally found one. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's uh, it'll be great to have a tiger fan on and, uh, and a guy who uh, had a successful morning show. So I can uh, (laughs) learn a little bit from him. About that too. Lots to learn on Friday. Oh, this is going to be fun. Make sure you stay tuned. Hey, thanks for listening to this one on For Future Considerations. Shane! That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career, probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.